As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Thank you, as always, to the Norden Group. Uh, we're back. We're going to close the loop on sleeping today. Um, I've been thinking about that episode all week, and I was actually going to tell you, before I forget, we had our, our big Maybird ride yesterday, which was awesome, by It was the way. like one of my happiest days rides. ever. It was so good. So good. I had a, we had a bunch of friends over the night before having way too much fun, went to bed way too late. I think I got to bed around 2, and then I had to wake up about 6. Oh, and I, I wear the Whoop, right? And Whoop gives you like a recovery score. I've done some really, really big days. My recovery score rarely gets below 40-ish. It was like 14 or something the next morning, like, or like uh, like this morning, because I'd missed basically a whole night of sleep, spent four hours on the bike. I was kind of like, wow, this is, I just did everything you are not supposed to do, huh? So funny thing, I had a great night's sleep last night. Um, after that big ride, I woke up and my recovery score was like in the 90s. I was totally green. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so sleep's magical. Sleep's the biggest one. I think like like anything else you're doing for recovery, like if you're like buying Normatec boots and then going to sleep at two in the morning, like rethink your life choices. You know, it's the, the, the best solution is the free one, I think. Um, I want to give you as much time for this as possible. So I'm going to run over the cycling world news because there was a lot of it. Um, and I'm going to roll it into the quiz. Okay, so, sounds um, fun. Out of the gates, the biggest thing we should talk about, what giant bike race started a couple days ago? The World Cup. No. Ah. <sighs> We're thinking. We're thinking. Oh, a couple bars. days ago. A couple okay. days ago, started. The Giro. No, no, nope. That's in the spring. The um, Flanders. No. Oh my. Oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Okay. <laughs> what are some other bike races? The, it's Perry the, Roubaix. It's the other Grand Tour that hasn't happened yet this year. Uh. What are the three Grand Tours, Dan? Dan, this has been a quiz question I at for, least three times. Okay, I wasn't. I, I've been thinking. You got the Giro d'Italia, okay. and then you've got the other one that's red. Think red. Think paella. Just think tell me. I it's don't the know. Vuelta, the Vuelta de España, the Tour of Spain. Okay. A couple days ago. That's a big deal. You roll your eyes at me. That's a, it's a big no, deal. No, I didn't roll my eyes. World. That was, that was not a, an eye roll. It's a big, it was an eye roll. Um, <laughs> it's a big deal because we're going to see, um, I, I think, a level of competition above what we got at the Tour. Um, Pogacar's not there everyone else's. So we have Jonas Vingigo, the guy who just cleaned up the tour. We've got Primoz Roglic in probably the best shape we've seen him in in years. We've got Remco. So because Remco won the Vuelta last year. pretty He kind of dominated, but the level of competition wasn't really there. Um, the competition is here this year. So we're going to see a one-on-one Remco versus, versus uh, Jonas versus Roglic kind of a deal. So that should be really good. Um, 
my second question was going to be, what was the big mountain bike event and, and who won? So you said it was the World Cup. Do you, do you remember uh, who, who managed to sneak away with a win at this one? So the only thing I know about that was Riley Amos won okay. U23, which is a huge deal. That was going to be my, that was gonna be and, my, my third quiz question. So let's jump into that. Nike alumni wins under 23 World Cup. Yeah, huge deal. Huge deal. So if you're not familiar, in, in, in professional cycling, we have, we have three levels of competition. There, there's the juniors, under 23, and then elite. So we usually talk about elite. Under 23 and juniors are kind of, you know, we'll, we'll mention it occasionally, but to have an American NICA alumni in Riley Amos win an under 23 World Cup, like winning an under 23 World Cup, I think means you're capable of winning an elite World Cup. Oh, yeah. Like He will be. One he day. will be. Yeah, like Riley Amos on his current trajectory will win elite World Cups. Or, or at least, like, is going to be a contender. Because there have been, like, like you got, like, we had Michael Van der Heiden won uh, under 23 Worlds in 2014 and then just never delivered it the top tier. But, like, more often than not, the podium of under 23 World Cups is going to be the next generation of, of so yeah, to see that. And then Braden Johnson, too, has been right up there. So, like, I think not next season, maybe season after that, though. Because I think there's like it takes a sec when you get into elite, and then you it's kind of because like, you have to work your way up towards the front. And it's to, like it's like we always see the kid who wins freshman Nika jumps into varsity and is like, oh my gosh, well I'm used to winning all the time, and now I'm fighting for twentieth, and that's like a hard mental switch. But mm-hmm. but yeah, like big good news for American cycling there. Um, did you see the the elite races? Nope. So and you know I knew that the quiz would be have something to do with this, so I should have just looked it up real quick, right. but I didn't. Make so. it look like you did. But uh, we had Matthias Flukiger coming back and winning, which is a oh, big deal. Okay, he cool. had a, a doping suspension, and I should say it was cleared, mm-hmm. not a doper, but has had a rough, you know, twelve twenty four months or whatever. Um, and then in the women's, uh, Mona Mittenwalder took the win, which is another mm. young rider coming. It seems like. In all disciplines, it's just these young riders, man. It's It seems like you used to hit your prime in 25, 26, 27. Now it seems like you hit your prime at like 18, 19, 20. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see if these riders are still big hitters in their 40s or if we see people starting to retire from cycling in their late 20s now. But um, yeah, really cool week for bike racing. I'd encourage you guys to watch the Vuelta if you want to get into road cycling and see a Grand Tour. This level of competition, having hitters as hard as like Remco, Jonas, Primos, like that's going to be really, really good. Um, uh, other than that, in, in cycling world, is we had uh, Gravel Worlds, which is an event that I think is going to take a while to actually feel like a world's event. But it was like 300 miles overnight in Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas, or something. 300 like that. miles. Yeah, I think. Or there was. I was reading about like they had a version that was like an overnight, 18-hour-long, crazy like. You know, and, and they call it Gravel Worlds, but it really doesn't feel like Gravel Worlds because unbound is gravel worlds mm-hmm. in my opinion so um but yeah i, I want to move on really quickly though because what people really want to hear about is the amazing bike racing that goes on in your backyard so um what how many races did we have yesterday so yesterday i know of at least a couple um again we're not going to catch well everything <laughs> yeah so we had we had a couple nika races yesterday one in beaver mountain and the other one out in price um, price i saw that no the lion Sherver riders race on the opposite weekend um so we only have a few riders that i'm aware of that that raced in beaver mountain and price but um i know we had a couple of of girl varsity racers out beaver mountain i guess the race got 
shut down because of weather. There was like a lightning storm. They had to end oh, yeah. it early. They had to kind of shorten laps That's and stuff. That's always a bummer, and but... Hurry and tear down and get out of there. Yeah. Um, but I know India Jackson and Emma Shepard had a great race. They oh, yeah. pushed hard. Um, those uh, guys are fun. I love hearing about yeah, those guys. They're the great race. riders. That's, that's, they're good bike racers. Um, out in Price, um, Ainsley Haas won first place in, I think it was Freshman Girls. Oh, wow. And she's she's the girl with like the bionic arm brace. Oh, no way. Yeah, she's got a really cool elbow brace for some reason that she's riding with because of an injury. And no way. I think it makes her faster. Or is, is, like, is Nike going to ban that? I don't know. Yeah. Probably. Um, I, you know, I have to say, like, freshmen, we were talking about, like, under 23 jumping up and winning elite. I think freshmen's kind of like that in a lot of ways. It's like, because you have freshmen, sophomore, and then JVA are the races that I think are really interesting in terms of, like, looking to the future. Um, there have been a lot of kids who have, like, cleaned up freshmen and then ju- even jumping straight to varsity. Like, that's it. Like, if you are interested in Nike racing, pay attention to who's winning oh, yeah, these yeah, entry watch, level races. Watch the freshman racers. I think it's more yeah. interesting to see the freshman racers winning versus the junior Devo racers winning. Because I think so too. Yeah. I think it's like with junior Devo racing, it's really too young to tell. It's too young to tell. Lots of burnout there. And I think the closer you get, the less burnout there's going to be like mm-hmm. JVA if they, you know, when they move, they move to varsity. For, but like pay attention to that freshman racing. If you're like a recruiter for an elite level team, watch those races. You know, that's really interesting stuff. And then you can say, hey, this kid who just won varsity three years ago, I saw him win a a freshman race, and I was like, there you go. That's, you know, um, you can see the talent pretty early on there. Absolutely. So um, yesterday, as we mentioned, like we did one of our epicish rides, and we had just an awesome group show. Awesome, awesome group. So much fun. All of them are hitters. I mean, we had, had, I'm not going to name everyone. I think everyone there is like a, almost a podium level national racer you know we had uh like joe we had jamerson we had colin was there we had xander we had uh mccall was there you know talking about her last stella it was just like i was like this is like an intimidating group to be riding with man i know i I had to i had to ride at the front to kind of control the pace but yeah i was gonna i was gonna say dan kept a leash on this group which i'm glad because i'm you know dan's the slowest in that group and i'm right back there with him um, but the last third of point to point, which again is like a good big fat ride that I'm like, I finished a third of point to point. I'm like, I'm gonna go eat a burrito and take a nap. That was a good, good Saturday ride. You know, good job, everyone. I'm not thinking like, oh, let's do that two more times, you know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the easiest section I'd have to say too, probably. In a lot of ways. I mean, it depends on how you count. It's the most technical, but the least climbing. Yeah. Which is crazy that you climb all of Armstrong and that's the least climbing, you know? Um, had a ton of fun. You had the craziest mechanical I've ever seen. Yeah, I just your I bike think just my ate itself. Derailleur hanger just decided to self destruct. It, it was like yeah. I think your chain went into the spokes and somehow the derailleur just got ripped back up. And yeah, but the the thing one so like I was I was talking to during the ride I was talking to Oliver Gibbons, and he was telling me a story at his last Nike race. You know, he and his brother had that awesome race where they kind of right pulled out ahead and we're racing along and as he was racing along someone he heard a little voice call he's like that's my coach no way he said it just made his day dude that's awesome man and i got thinking about it i'm like you know what that's one of the the coolest things about maybird is because because we talked about it before like one of the problems with nika is the fastest kids the best kids get the best coaches right and the beginner kids get the 
bless their hearts, willing to the, volunteer. The great volunteer, but like people who just aren't as experienced, right? Yeah. Because, and that's the way it kind of has to be. Because like practically speaking, the people who are able to keep up with a fast Nike group these days are like former pros, you know, who are, you know, like a couple years into retirement, like the fastest skyline groups and stuff. Those are ridiculously fast kids. You know, you kind of have to find those people. And then it does kind of end up being that like the entry level people are, again, people doing doing God's work, like coaching entry level Nike groups. But like there is, you know, you're not getting the same level of like knowledge and stuff. Which, um, which is, I think, so awesome how oh, yeah. we've been able to use people like Gabe and Oliver Gibbons are coaching oh, yeah. a group and you oh, know, yeah. Joe Cochran's coaching a group. And, oh, yeah. You know, all these gives you something to put on that first job application too, you know, like Eagle yeah, Scout, so, bike coach, you know, you know, get so, your job down at the Jiffy Lube or whatever. So, you know, if you know what you're doing and you're an awesome writer and love passing that on to future generations, start thinking about leading a group next year. Oh, yeah. I think, I just think it's, it's anyone can do it. Even Dan does it, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, the, the, no matter who you are, there's, there's a need, you know, but yeah, I just thought that was super awesome. Um, I don't, let's see, I can't remember, both locations that are going to be the next Nike races. I know that the skyline's going to be racing at Mantua or Manitou. Okay. Man, what? I think it's Mantua. Mantua. It? Yeah. Manitou. That's like a, they make like, they make like crappy forks. suspension. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I can't, I never know how to, what to call that. It's probably like, you know, Nike something. lately has really improved my knowledge of Utah geography. Like we're, we're, you know, I, that's just kind of the way it's got to be. You yeah. got to find big open patches of dirt to have, a whole city show up. You know, and, it's it's an interesting venue. I mean, it's pretty because it's like looking over the lake. But as I was like pre-writing it the other day, I was getting bitten by all kinds of different bugs. and No one's ever seen before, you yeah. know. It's fine. It's fine. But you yeah, know, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. It's going to be... Uh, hot. Hot and... Dusty. You know, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm excited to... It's hot, dusty races. I still have sand in my hair from States last year. Um, I think it was Oliver was talking about that. He was like, he was like, that's like the craziest thing I've ever done, man. You know, like, like maybe we wear an arrow helmet if it's going to be that, that windy again. But, um, it was men. And what, you don't remember the other one? I can't remember the other one. Okay. I don't, well, I never looked it up. I, some, some, somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll close the loop on that. But yeah, great, great job to everyone who raced, you know. You know, that's, um, that's one thing I did want to say is, you know, like in this podcast, we point out a lot of podiums and stuff because that's the easy thing to point out. Right. But like, with every race, there's hundreds of little individual battles that are going oh, on. Yeah. That it, you know, little mini victories and battles that are being fought lots of subplots and, going on. You yeah, know, yeah, you know, that we we can't point out. But you know, just being out there is a hard thing to do, and it's something that most people aren't brave enough to do. Athletically, it probably puts you in the top tenth of one percent of people just to be able to do that. You know, you take somebody off, uh, take somebody, grab somebody out of Target, just a random American shove them on a bike and get them to do that for a million bucks. They couldn't have done that Nike race. So the fact that you did it, it's great. If you win, amazing. But, you know, like just doing that, man, is um, that's hard. But, you know, one thing I did just want to throw out as a reminder, um, just, uh, you know, during this time, just really listen to your body. Yep. You know, don't just blindly follow whatever your coach or your plan's saying. Nope. Um, listen to your body. You know, for instance, if you, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the stare test. Yeah, I think I think yep. the stare test is a good way of knowing whether or not you need recovery because usually you can kind of walking up down the up and yeah. down the stairs without. If you suddenly become aware of stairs, take a day off. You <laughs> yeah, know? stairs should be a, a thoughtless part of your life. You should never be like, "Wow, I just went up a staircase." But 
Like this point, like, I woke up, I was like, wow, I just went up the staircase. Yeah, if like yeah. every step tread is kind of burning your quads, yep. you, you probably might need a little more sleep and a little more rest and put your feet up for a and, bit. And just so. a reminder, you know, and, and like if there's anyone listening to this, probably a boy who's just had a couple of really good races, you're not Superman. You're going to have to take a rest at some point. If you need it, take it because it'll, you can't outrun your need to rest. You know, everyone listening to this is mortal. Um, you know, so if you think you're not, you have a, you have a crash coming. So, you know, like, and, and on the flip side, if you're feeling good and your coach is saying, oh, you know, take five days off, you're like, you know, like, don't be afraid to get back out if you're feeling good. But like, like Dan said, listen to your body, you know, go, go walk up some stairs see how it feels. And then, uh, base your, uh, training for this week off that. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or ask your coach or talk about, or like, at least it could start a discussion. Yeah. Just be aware, you know, everyone's body's different. And even like do the, you know, you might feel different after every single one of these races, you know. And the only reason I even thought of talking about this is when I walked up the stairs, even though my whoop said I'm green. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whoop recovery thing really has more to do with your sleep. That seems to be the so biggest factor that it weighs. My, my whoop says I'm totally in the green and I'm kind of like, like yeah. no, I'm not. Yeah, I, I walked up the stairs this morning. I'm like, Wow. I am winded. <laughs> wow, those are stairs. Yep, yeah, that's so. you know sometimes I like run upstairs. I don't do that when I need to rest. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, great job to everybody. Yeah, that's that was a- super fun. Um, I you know, and if if you haven't been doing these big long rides, if you ask me, I think big long rides are the key to getting fast. So, well, I'll try to give you. Should I give you one more segue to talk about sleep here? And yeah, if your whoop says that your recovery is too low, probably I didn't want to get talk more about point to point. Right oh. Right. Oh, whoops. Okay. I'll save my segue for a second later. Um, Dan told me before this, he's like, Joe, you should ask me what my strategy is for point to point because he wants it to sound organic. So let's try this. Okay. So Dan, yes. we have point to point coming up next week. That's we a do. big deal. This will be your third participation or fourth. I think fourth. Fourth. This will be your fourth participation in point to point. Well, third official, but fourth. Okay. This will I, be I did your... it one off here. Okay. It's okay. okay. Let's try this again. This is back up. That's no, it's okay. Okay. So, Dan, this will be your third participation in Point to Point. What's your strategy for this year? Okay, so um, that probably didn't sound as funny as you thought it did. Well, you know, it's just, what is your truck on? Truck on through this, Dan. Come on. Okay, you know, um, so we've got quite a few people doing Point to Point this year. I'm super excited. I'm going to try to ride it with a few of them, at least parts of it. Um, But, you know, my plan for this one is just, I'm just thinking of it as like a group ride and I'm going to have fun. And my goal is just to enjoy the experience and, and finish, you know, okay. I don't, um, it's a race, but it's like, is it a race? It's a race for a few people, for a few people. But for me, it's just a ride. Keegan's going to be out there racing. Yeah. There's going to be a few people out there racing. Most, most people are most out there. People are out participating. there just, just riding, yeah. just trying to enjoy the day, enjoy the epicness of it. Um, I think, you know, my, we've, we've mentioned before, like one of the the keys to finishing the race is just fueling and hydration. Um, my plan is just, you know, the night before I'm going to eat a big bean and rice burrito from Cafe Rio and then eat a big carb heavy breakfast and then just eat something every 30 minutes, whether I need to or not. It's a, it's a mobile eating contest. I'm just going to watch my clock and just channel your inner joey chestnut you know like i i i don't know do you think anybody actually eats as much as they need to during point to point well you're always going to be in a deficit there's yeah i was no, going to say like you, there's no you, nobody yeah. can 
really truly eat how they yeah you should not eat a surplus during point to point like you're never going to overeat during point it's impossible yeah cannot happen but there are limits to how many grams of carbs you can process in an hour and right you know i figure i'm gonna have like my i'm gonna be drinking scratch which is gonna have about 20 grams and then eat something every half hour depending on what i eat i figure i'll be between 60 and 100 grams Per hour, which is a lot which is quite a bit that's a ton so and like you you have to be supported during this race like you cannot physically carry enough well food, the, you know? the, the aid stations have enough food that you could go grab stuff but i noticed right. they're kind of like stingy about like i think they have to be yeah you know? like like you know but i would like like this is not a race where you could like put a bunch of stuff in your pocket and get through like you there's you have to stop you have to even keegan does you know, you can't carry enough uh, to get through. And how much water do you think you'll be going through, too? So the first segment, like each segment, I use about a full a full bladder <laughs> Which on my is back. Two, my two back. liters? Two liters, yeah. On the second one, on the second stage, what I do is when I start at Silver Lake Lodge, I'll have Joe will fill up my pack. And then I'll, I'll have an empty bottle on my bike that when I get to the top... Um, before Corvair, there's a, a water station. Yep. I'll fill up that bottle there just yep. so, you know, depending on the temperature and how hot it is, yeah. I just have. So the, the middle section takes me a little more than a hydration pack to, yeah. to complete. And you always kind of want to lean on the side of having too much water. You don't want to like underwater. Like that could be a race ending mistake to underwater yourself. Yeah, early I haven't on looked then... at what the temperature is going to be yet. But... I'm thinking it's, I think I checked. I, I'm pulling this up right now. Let's see. Park City for next Saturday. Right now they're saying 73. Which is like 30 degrees cooler than it was last year. Because I've always said, and it's like, I I don't know if it's practical. I've kind of think point-to-point happens too early. I kind of wish it was more in September. And I know the problem is you risk snow some years. Mm -hmm. And like last year you really might have seen that. But like... It's hot. Like every, just supporting point to point, which is what I've done for gosh, like six or seven years now with Johnny Osgathorpe and then supporting you. And then I'll be feeding Andrew and stuff tomorrow too. Like just being outside is a pretty, like you should make sure you have enough water. You should be wearing sunscreen, you know, and then doing a race that hard is insane. It's absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, obviously if you're planning on doing it, bring water. If you're planning on feeding, Bring a lot of water. Make sure you're eating. Make sure you find shade, you know. Um, oh, and then a lot of people ask, can you ride along? Because I'm going to ride along for the last third with you and or Andrew, depending on how things go. Like, that's totally fine for this. You know, we've been telling people it's open course. They do not close any trails to do point to point. You're contending with other trail users. Um, but yeah, like, I think a lot of people kind of appreciate having somebody to ride along because you do kind of end up being alone for most of it, huh? Like, you're not really in groups. Yeah, especially kind of the, some of the last ladder oh, yeah. sections. It's good mentally to have someone with you. Yeah. So, I'll um, be crawling right along behind you, making fun of how slow you're going. Um, but yeah, yeah, look, I, I look forward to point to point. It's a fun, it's a fun kind of yearly uh, excursion for uh you know for everybody in the bike world huh yeah and i I honestly think for most people the best advice is it's it's just it's a group ride it's a fun group ride um be as strong as you can but don't don't destroy yourself too early and not be able to finish no because that that, like and it's like it starts in in round valley we always say it's kind of like starts with a little round valley midweek and then turns into a race um i have been at the end of round valley for every single point to point since like 2016 or 17 
and I don't think I've ever seen the first person that comes out of Round Valley win. I'm trying to think. Maybe Keegan's done it. I think Keegan maybe did it last year. Um, there's almost always somebody off the front who thinks they're Superman who is going to blow up at or before PCMR. So, you know, if you're going to do it, like, take it easy. This race is one not in Round Valley. Yeah. <laughs> it can be lost in Round Valley, but... Yeah, and um, just enjoy, like like have fun with it enjoy all the cool stuff you get to see along the way just kind of soak it in and don't just be miserable the whole time it's fun talk to other people yeah yeah enjoy it eat a lot of food and be safe yeah you know so. obviously but yeah looking forward to that um is, is, is there anything I, 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 I feel that we really maybe should script this because I always skip something in the first end you know because trying to give you enough time to go through your your very well researched kind of main bit um but I do think this one's interesting. A lot of people have asked me about it, um, you know, kind of in the follow-up, you know, I've had, had questions and whatnot. Um, uh, I did have a question really quick from Hayden Fonger. I'm just realizing oh, as I'm looking okay. at my notes. Uh, he was asking difference between high and low zone two, if you want to talk about kind of how to approach, because like doing a ride in low zone two versus high zone two, I did, I just saw that note. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll go back and edit this to sound clear. I might be no, too late No, that's okay. For that. we'll, we'll just, I'll just talk about yeah, that. Yeah, really quick. quick, just a five, quick, quick um, explainer on that. Yeah, so zone two isn't like a point. Right. It's a range. Right. And, um, and I think this is a good reminder. Like usually during the earlier part of the season, I'm kind of like with the people I work with and ride with, I'm like, yeah, you know, you can kind of push the edge of zone two a little bit. You know, you can kind of push that higher edge of it a little bit. That's fine. Um, and that's kind of when you are trying to build up your aerobic base. And, you know, and when you get into the race season, you really start to focus on some of the higher intensity efforts, the more race winning type efforts, the VO2 max type efforts. I want those workouts to be your quality workouts. So you're still going to do a lot of zone two just to maintain your aerobic systems. But I just like people to kind of be on the lower end of that. Right. Just so they feel better and can perform better on their quality workouts. Um, and so like a low zone two ride, if you're doing a low zone two ride, you should not feel like toast after you do it. You should still, right. you should feel like you get a, got a workout, but it should not have you been. You should feel kind of good after. You should feel pretty good after. Yeah. I, I have a thought. I don't know if you'd agree with this. I think practically speaking, for most of you looking at a heart rate monitor to do this and riding mountain bike trails, you're not going to be precise enough to really target higher lows. Like it's going to be a steeper part of the trail. You're going to kind of get into high zone two, get to a flatter part, do some descending, you'll fall back down. Like I wouldn't stress too much. Like if you really are trying to stay in low zone two and you're getting into high zone, like it's going to happen, you know, especially like if you're on a road bike or on the trainer, you maybe have a little more control. But I think in the real world, like it's, you know, Somewhere yeah. in zone it's two. It's just more of an in intention thing. Yeah. And none of us really know exactly where our right. zone two is or not. It's just... But I know a lot of type A personalities listen to this. Like, there's, this is not a precise thing. Mm -hmm. Even with heart rate monitors, even with power meters, this your what your real zone two is probably fluctuates more often than you can practically test for. So don't get hung up too much on where in zone two you fall. Like yeah. I said, it's more an intention thing. Yeah. A low zone two ride should feel fairly easy, but it should yep. still be a workout. Yep, yep. Enough to maintain your aerobic systems. So. so, for the third time here, I'm going okay, to try to transition you into the main topic. People love the, we'll call it the rustic feel of this podcast, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, like uh, uh, sleep, obviously, as you know, 
um, a, a big topic. We're not going to get through everything, but I'm glad we're doing this in two parts, kind of coming back and, and revisiting. Um, yeah, last so last time we talked a little bit about kind of why we need sleep, why it's important. And I don't think right. there's anyone out here that doesn't think it's important. There's probably some guy on TikTok who's anti-sleep, but you know, like the mo- you know, most of us, I think like, you know, nobody's listening to me like, Oh my gosh, really? I should sleep. I should get enough sleep, you know? But I, I don't think, I think there's a lot of people that don't take the threats seriously enough because, right. you know, some of the consequences and rewards can be delayed and, and so right. forth, you know, but, um, but yeah, like, and then we, t- we talked about the different stages of sleep right. and what initiates sleep and so forth. Um, but just as kind of a quick review, I mean, like no matter what you're talking about, about your body, yeah, sleep affects it. Yes. Like you could sprain your ankle and yep. sleeping more is going to help it heal oh, yeah. faster. Like yep. you, like there's, there's nothing, it has to do with everything about our bodies. Like, yeah. um, you know, a couple of things just to throw out there, you know, like, like sleep, it improves body composition. It regulates cortisol. I know it's, it's associated with just general better health outcomes. Yeah. Glucose regulation. Um, we talked a lot about human growth hormone production yep. during deep sleep. Um, like one of the biggest things is immune system, which actually oh, yeah. is responsible for our recovery. Yeah. I should say too, COVID starting to go back around, like hearing a lot about that, like sleep is going to help you so much. Yeah. Like if everyone here is probably going to get COVID at some point, like getting enough sleep will be the difference between a two day bout of COVID and a two week bout of COVID, you know? Yeah. So hopefully, and I don't know if we did a good enough job. Of, like, yeah. There's really not a good enough job establishing how important it is. Right. But just know that sleep is awesome and yep. magical and, and not entirely completely understood either. Yeah. So. If you're not crushing your sleep game, try, you know. So, so first of all, I'm just going to talk a little about, a little bit about some sleep disorders. And then I've just got, we're mostly today going to focus on how to improve our sleep. Okay. Um, but so, so you say sleep disorder, like, like insomnia. Yeah. That's the first one I kind of want to talk oh, okay. about is insomnia. And like, what do you think insomnia is? I think when you say insomnia, like colloquially, it's like people who have a hard time sleeping when they're supposed to and then sleep when they're not supposed to. You know, like somebody who's tries to fall asleep, can't fall asleep, falls asleep at six in the morning and sleeps till noon kind of a deal. You know, like sleep pattern disturbance is another thing. I don't know if that's a separate thing, but I've heard those mentioned together. And it's a pretty debilitating condition. Like I've, I, I, I know some people who have like diagnosed insomnia, and it's bad, bad news. Is I mean, is it? It's not that like common, is it? Well, yeah. So, so insomnia is interesting, and it's, you know, the more I learned about it, wasn't exactly kind of what I had thought. Because before, I had thought insomnia was just someone who couldn't sleep and like never slept and like they would stay up all night painting really quick things. you're probably hearing a dog in the background we're sorry about that we're, we do our best to minimize the sound pollution here but if you're hearing if you're hearing our cute puppy rusty in the background we apologize okay you were saying dan yeah so i was saying you know insomnia isn't so much just someone that never sleeps because we kind of established last yeah. week that everybody sleeps Every, everybody sleeps even if you don't think you're sleeping you're probably you're, sleeping yeah. a bit yeah. exactly um but insomnia is when you're not satisfied with your sleep. Right. Like you're over a long term, right? We're not talking a bad night or two here, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, because everyone's going to have a bad night or two. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's like you're generally not satisfied with your sleep or, or thinking you're not getting enough sleep. And a lot of times it's it's kind of like, well, it's something that the patient diagnoses. Right. You know, like you don't like go get a test to see if you have insomnia or not. You yeah. kind of come into your doctor and say, you report. I don't sleep. I, it's been two months of. I have a. Di- I have difficulty falling asleep and difficulty stay, staying asleep, and it's been like this for you know. So it's kind of a patient diagnosis type thing. Yeah. Um, there's different levels of severity of it, um, but but mostly it's just kind of you're not satisfied with how long it takes you to fall asleep and how well you stay asleep. Right. Um, and we mentioned last time a lot of insomnia is perceived. You know, like a lot of times you're actually getting a lot more sleep than you think. It's just poor quality sleep. You right. Know, you're not really identifying. Like we talked about light sleep yeah. that your brain might not be aware of. Yeah. So there's insomnia. And then there's also sleep deprivation, which is similar but different. And and sleep deprivation is more like you can sleep if you let yourself. But circumstances. Like insomnia is like something's wrong with your body. Sleep deprivation is something's wrong with your schedule, like something. So there's some circumstance in your life that's preventing you from sleeping properly. Right. Um, And then, you know, there's a term kind of being thrown out there, too, which I think a lot of youth do. And that's just like sleep sabotage where you're just doing all kinds of things just to, you know, we can kind of talk about some of my own kids, you know, have done some crazy things. oh yeah we all, i mean i think everyone has at mm-hmm. some point you know like like for me i've always worked at places where i've had the ability to choose my schedule and i always choose to start as early as like 6 or 7 a.m so i'm done early so i can ride more but then i'm doing the thing where i'm you know sabotaging myself staying up way too late trying to start my day way too early you know it's a, almost a cultural thing i feel like in a lot of places that you know get as get as much out of your daylight hours as you can but then over time you know, I've, I really, my sleep was really bad for a long, like we're four or five years after mm-hmm. high school is really bad. Yeah. So let's talk just for a sec about, um, one interesting thing about insomnia is probably the main cause of insomnia is anxiety. Oh, okay. And a lot of that anxiety stems from anxiety about sleeping interesting yeah so you know there's kind of a phrase basically that insomnia causes insomnia oh yeah which totally makes sense lots of things are like that yeah you know yeah um yeah it's like a problem sleeping because of a problem sleeping right so right right uh and so a lot of the a lot of the treatment for for insomnia which which incidentally lately rarely has been actual medications they they usually do what's called cdt which is or cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy okay and you know if you actually go to like a sleep specialist that's probably what they're going to recommend and really um, because really a lot of the root causes of insomnia have to do more with like fear and anxiety and yeah you know and a, a lot of times it's more type a people tend to have a hard time sleeping oh, because you know, they're because it's not like a lot of health problems where like your body's just randomly not producing something it should and you take a pill to supplement or you have a, a pathogen that's causing you to be sick that you take a pill to kill like it's like something's off in your life and you can't re- i mean like you could because you've mentioned i think you mentioned last week like sleeping pills are a thing 
sedatives are a thing, but those aren't replacing sleep. They're and so like some doctors, you know, like yeah. a family practice doctor who doesn't have the time or the resources to really dig into your issue might just prescribe those. But a sleep specialist, or somebody who's more trained in that is probably going to look for like a, a, you know, treating the anxiety that's the problem or maybe helping you change your lifestyle to work better with your sleep, right? Yeah. And, and I've heard that that the medication can be useful for short-term type issues. Okay. You know, like like a lot of times people that travel and they're right. dealing with time zones. Right. That they can be beneficial, but only for like short periods of time. Right. And, um, you know, but one, one thing to caution to, if, if you are on sleep medication, you do need professional help getting off of them. Just going off of them cold turkey oh, can yeah. be really dangerous. It's like SSRIs. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sure a lot of people do I that just, and get just in want to throw them, yeah. throw that out there. But yeah. I, I would say if you are on a sleeping, a sleeping aid, I would probably meet with a sleep specialist, and there might be better better way to tackle what, the issue. Exactly. Really quick, uh, melatonin. Lots of people know about melatonin. It seems like it's become more popular in the last ten years or so. You can buy it at Walmart. Do we do, do? Have you read about melatonin? Because yeah, I, yeah, it's I've not, read kind of conflicting. Like it can help. It's definitely. It's not a sleeping pill. Yeah, it's not like addictive. It's not right. It's it's something it's your body's because like sleeping pills a lot of times will. They they don't help the quality of your sleep. They'll do right. just a sedative. Yeah. Right. They make you unconscious. Yeah. But that's different than sleeping. Yeah. Right? You're not really getting the same quality of deep sleep and REM right. sleep. And but melatonin. Melatonin is kind of a trigger that will help you sleep and. I think on average it helps people maybe get another 20 minutes a night sometimes. Maybe you sleep slightly better quality. You know, but I think that there's there's better ways than supplementing with melatonin. Melatonin, probably unlikely to hurt you. Yeah. Also probably unlikely to make a life-changing difference if you like it's it. Kind of like a lot of supplements. They, yeah. They might help, but... There might not even be melatonin in the thing you're buying from whoever, <laughs> but, um, but it's like not, you know, basically like it's eh in both directions, right? Yeah. Like this isn't good. Like don't listen to this and be like, oh, I should start taking melatonin. I would I would try because we I've got like ten things ten suggestions. Ten? I would probably wow. try those first. Okay. All right. Um at first I was only gonna do four suggestions and then I just kept coming up with more and more and more. Genius, so. genius moment there. <laughs> Can't contain this guy. So we'll talk a little bit about sleep deprivation. Okay. Which is, you know, like we said, you know, like if you have insomnia, it's kinda like you're trying to sleep, but you can't. You right. want to sleep, but you can't. Deprivation's when something's kind of just yeah. getting in the way of you sleeping. It's like an environmental problem, yeah. right? Sometimes it's sometimes it's voluntary. It's just kind of bad choices that you're making. Other times right. it's going to be like shift work or you know, right. just schedule homework. And someone's stuff. someone's got to fight fires in staff hospitals. So some people are going to deal with that. Huh? Yeah, you know, and a term that I just actually learned. Um, is it's called revenge bedtime procrastination. This is this started as a meme, I believe. I saw this four or five years ago, and it's like it's like there's some Japanese word for it that yeah, is like the is. best way yeah. to yeah. Is that, I've I've read about this where like I've never dug into it. I'm interested that you have. But yeah, this this was a meme. There is I actually a Japanese term for it. But, yeah, um, but it's it's an interesting concept, and it talks about something I've done several times. Oh, because that's the, that's the reason it went viral is because everyone Everybody saw it. They're like, oh my it. gosh, I do that. Because you know, like basically, if you're just like a super busy person and your yeah. entire day is kind of slotted out, right? When it becomes nighttime, you don't want to just go to bed. You right. want that kind of alone me time to kind of which is important unwind that we need and 
and watch Netflix or scroll TikTok or play with Legos or do some brainless thing when you've been completely haggard all day long, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't, I'm not, it's, it's, it almost sounds like a good thing there, but you know, it yeah. might be more beneficial just to get that extra, like if that's, if you're doing like two hours of that, right? Um, that's, that's bad. Yeah, that would have been better sleeping. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that we all probably deal with. Um, you know, another example of sleep deprivation is just inconsistent sleep schedules, um, right. excessive napping. We'll talk about napping in a second. Um, okay. You know, too, like too much time on screens, which is huge issue right, right now with oh, yeah. with people listening. To Everyone this. listening to this has a problem Including with that. Including myself. Ab- yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, like like we've talked about before, alcohol is not good for sleep. Not your friend. Um, and then caffeine is the right kind of the opposite of all of those things are almost universal problems. Like nobody is has a perfectly clean slate on this, right? Like there, every, everybody has well, some issues more than others. But you know that's funny that you say that because I, I was thinking about it. I'm like this list of things that I've come up with isn't a list of things that I do. It's kind of like, yeah, I do maybe three or four. This is an aspirational list for Dan. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these is kind of like, okay, yeah, I know that would help, but, but there's <laughs> always the, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Um, one thing I just want to throw out there real, probably the most common sleeping problem and condition that I think a lot of the adults listening to this could have an issue with probably not as many of the youth. Um, it's more rare in, children and youth, but that's sleep apnea. Oh, okay. Yep. You know, which I'm sure you've probably heard of. And that's basically just where, you know, your airway relaxes at night and kind of closes off and gets restricted. And basically you wake up several times during the night. Yeah. Because you've stopped breathing. Yes. And you know, your body decides that it would rather have you breathe than go into deep sleep. Right. So people with sleep apnea, tend not to get very good deep sleep and right. they wake up several times during the night. And one thing that that I heard kind of is an indicator of that is if you have to wake up and pee a lot. Oh, really? It's not, yeah, and a lot of people think it's like a bladder issue, but it's really, you know, it's, it's really more of an apnea really? issue. Yeah. Do we know how common, I was looking for my focus, I want to look up, do we know how common sleep apnea is? It's really, really common. Like I, it's, I don't have any like actual statistics for that, but it's it's the most common sleep disorder. It's really yeah. Is it is it's associated with with like being overweight and other things like that too, yeah, right? Yeah, typically yeah. Um, overweight and like if if you snore at night, it's more likely that you have apnea. Really, um, I think it's something I deal with. But if I sleep on my side, it's not a problem. But if I sleep on my back, I've I've woken up in the night gasping for air before. So this is interesting. So the Cleveland Clinic, which is a really good legit. Um, source they they estimate that between five to ten percent of people have sleep apnea, which is pretty considerable. I would have thought it was more like one or two percent, but up to ten per, like one in ten people, and especially where it mostly affects. And does that give an age people. group? Like one, I'm looking one at to ten percent out of. I think that's just group? the general population. This is of people worldwide. Because if that's including like youth and children, which it's very uncommon in. Okay. So it says it is most common in it. The first one it lists is people who take opioid pain medications. It says people over 60 years old, people with heart conditions um, like AFib or congestive heart failure, 
And then um, people who live at high altitudes are are significantly more susceptible to sleep apnea. And I, I think I think Utah counts. I mean, mm-hmm. we're at minimum four thousand feet above sea level, and a lot of us are more like five ish. Um, yeah, like this this I mean, there's probably someone listening to this who has some amount of sleep oh, apnea, right? Yeah, um, being slightly overweight greatly influences Which most it. people are. Yeah, even a lot um, of active people are. You know. Yeah, like. Alcohol also worsens the effects of sleep right. apnea. And there's opioid pain medications. A lot of people are on those too. I didn't realize that was associated with it either. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, it's something probably not a lot of our youth athletes have to deal with, but Hopefully I think not. when you're talking about sleep, oh, yeah. it's something that's worth mentioning. Um, right. So, so yeah, so those, those are just some, some common like background. Yeah. You know? Cause like with just, these, like your tips in a second, like sleep in a cold room or whatever, like if, like that's not gonna yeah good point right like like if if these are issues you take care of these and then take care of the yeah, other stuff if you've got sleep apnea these other things aren't gonna yeah you're yeah. gonna need a CPAP you're not gonna you're you know, not these gonna tips aren't really gonna help you, you right know? making your room darker is not if gonna make a dent insom- in your CPAP if you if you think you've got chronic insomnia yeah you need you to talk get to a, a sleep specialist you right know? right right like getting a new pillow is not gonna really help right. that much but most people listening to this do not have insomnia or sleep apnea given that what do we kind of move on to yeah then I mean. Yeah, sleep is magical. Wouldn't it be nice to improve it? Right, right, right. Um, and so just to, like, I think there's a, a few things that would be nice to review that we kind of talked about last week just so we kind of understand how sleep works. But um, we basically have some forces on us that are causing sleepiness and some opposing forces that are causing wakefulness. Right. And, you know, like like the collection in our brain of adenosine is like I said before, kind of like our sleep currency. And if we have enough of that accumulated, we're going to be able to sleep. The melatonin is kind of the trigger that makes it so the adenosine will help us sleep. Okay. Um, but then our circadian rhythm and other hormones make it so we sleep at appropriate times. Okay. You know, so we're not just like, we can be collecting adenosine, but we're not just getting sleepy during lunchtime. The the circadian rhythm is trying to keep us awake when we're supposed to be awake, and then it allows us to sleep when we're supposed to sleep. So circadian rhythm is one of those sleep things that a lot of people throw around. Is I didn't realize it was, is that a hormonal thing? Because like people say circadian rhythm, or you don't want to disturb your circadian rhythm, or you shouldn't look at your phone before bed because that disturbs your circadian rhythm. I saw a fitness influencer on TikTok the other day who said that the first thing he does when he wakes up is he goes outside and looks at the sun to help his circadian rhythm. Like that might actually help, right? Mm. Like, I, is this a hormonal? Because you mentioned that uh, in conjunction with hormones, you almost said it as if it was a hormone. Like, what is what is, what is well, your circadian? Well, there rhythm? are hormones involved with it, you know, like dopamine and so forth that help us stay aroused and awake and melatonin at night um you know we talked a little bit about this last week but it's it's basically our internal clock and like all living things like animals have it plants have it um and and again it's based around a roughly a 24-hour clock and there's certain things that help kind of true up our circadian rhythm and one of them is light you know like um if you wake up in the morning and expose yourself to light that's going to tell yourself that it's daytime and right. you know time to get going and at night when you know darkness will kind of like light's probably one of the most powerful things to right um to affect our circadian rhythm um, 
because this is this is one of those things where like we are products of evolution right that like humans who live in houses and societies are you know very very recent right um i'd imagine that for most of human history we go to bed when it gets dark and then when the there's more light your brain wakes up right like we don't we're living in houses with roofs and artificial lighting all the time right like i'd imagine this is like like you said like this is an external cue like the sun coming up our brains are probably evolved to wake up to that right Mm -hmm. okay that makes sense absolutely and you know and designed to kind of like to have our temperatures cool down and conserve energy at night right 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 Um, okay yeah so another another thing to kind of throw out there is people have a different chronotype chronotype yeah time type yeah, yeah, which is basically just kind of like there's night people and morning people. Ah, okay. And that it's it's a it's a real thing. Oh yeah, you know. So my parents, you have always been a morning person. You've always been up very early, going to sleep at nine. Uh, my mother has always stayed up very late and has tended to you know I, I see her less in the early mornings. Like that's like a, that's like a scientific thing, right? It's genetic thing. Yeah, it's genetic really. It's, it's absolutely genetic. Yeah, interesting. And I, I did a little research on, you know, can you change it? And the answer is kind of a little bit. Interesting. You know, huh. I, I think this the sad news is, you know, if you're kind of a night person, you're living in a morning person's world. Oh, yeah, and, really? You know, and like if, you know, if schools could be could start later, some people would probably do because seems like people that are night people, their brains are just firing at night. And like right. me, like nighttime comes, I just want to go to bed. And when I wake up, that's when I can do, I'm most productive and so forth. And when you said living in a morning person, I almost think we kind of associate morality with people who wake up early or like, you know, good upstanding. If you're sleeping until noon, you know, you're like a bum or whatever. Right. But like, that's, I mean, it's probably a lot easier for you to go to sleep at 9 PM than it is for mom. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like you're a better. It's, it's like your body wants to. It's it's the easiest thing for you to do is go to sleep. I've, then right. I've been like that since. Like when I was a teenager, I didn't want to stay out late. Right. I just like to go to bed. Because I, I read something once that like a lot of health experts were saying, like you mentioned with school. Because school, I think I had to wake up at six thirty, six to get to school, high school on time. Right. And a lot of my college classes when I was going in person started around then. Like I've, I've read a thing where like a bunch of health experts were coming out and saying we should really have school start later because like we have this like lack of like, this epidemic of sleeplessness among teenagers, you know, and that like, it, I mean, it would be a bummer for us because we like to ride bikes and have as much time for that in the afternoons. But maybe from like a public health perspective, kind of backing off 7am starts for stuff might be beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. But on the other hand, there are things that we can do to help, you know, right. it's not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You just might have like, to adapt like for instance, a little bit. I mean, you know, if, if, if you move to Germany or something, you, your circadian rhythm could adapt to the time. And the right. Light and You're going to feel like crap for a week or two, but then it's going to yeah, be fine you know. there, right? And so, yeah, so like it is something we're genetically predisposed to one way or the other, but there are things you can do okay. to function a lot better at, you know, whatever time your schedule is making you do things. So, okay. Um, so yeah, let's, I'll go over my these 10 things that I think are going to help improve our sleep. And um, yeah, let's, uh, the first one is just making sleep a priority. Okay. See, easier said than done. Most yeah, people it, aren't doing this. It always seems like, you know, when you're a busy person and you've got a lot to do oh, yeah. and you want to work out, you want to exercise, yep. you want to spend time with your friends, get your homework done, 
get that extra project across the finish line for your boss. The easiest thing to neglect is sleep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I I think that that we just need to make it a bigger priority. Realize, okay, you know what? My sleep is more important than hanging out until one o'clock with my friends. Well, because I was thinking about this, and like the problem is like you can survive. Your heart will continue to beat if you have really poor quality sleep. But it's also true that your heart will continue to beat and your brain will function if I, if I were to lock you in a six by six cube with no light and gave you two cups of water and a cup of protein-based paste a day. Like, like, just, like surviving is not good enough. Like you'd never go a day without eating, but a lot of people will go a day without sleeping pretty commonly. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's, it's got to be a priority, you know? And, and I think too, sometimes the consequences of a bad night's sleep just they're right. not hunger's immediate your sleep yeah. deprivation is you're feeling it a week later yeah, you like, know like we've kind of compared it to rust you know it's just right. like something that initially isn't a huge problem but over time it, it yeah it, it can become a huge problem right and so um yeah so that's the first one just we, we just got to make it a bigger priority got just it. know especially as an endurance athlete I was because we're talking just for a member of the general population. This is important. Like, take well, whatever we're saying, just times it by fifty percent, and that's how important it is. Like, you know, like if you were just students and not athletes, you'd probably be okay. You, you right. like, cognitively, you can still function okay. Right. You know, you're not going to be your sharpest if you nope. get poor sleep. But if you're trying to be a high end athlete, yeah, you're you're way limiting yourself if, right. if you're screwing with your sleep. Like so. I'm not aware of any like medical residents who are elite athletes, you know, yeah. like you, it's the, they're, like I said last time, it's compatible. I'm also realizing I said times it by 50%. That would make it half as important. We'll say it's 50% more important <laughs> for you guys. Some math times nerd was listening to that. Yeah. 1.5. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. For your math nerds there, but yeah, it has to be a priority. Yeah. So, um, the, so that's rule number one. Okay. Number two and this is also an easier said than done thing, is don't stress about it. Uh, I've found that, that like nights where I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? That always makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we mentioned the cause of insomnia is insomnia. Right. You know, stressing about your sleep isn't going to help a yeah. thing. So just know that sleep is going to happen. Even if it doesn't seem mm. like it is, it will happen. It's very rare to actually be fully awake for 24 hours all night. No, it's, it's, it, it's rarely, very rarely rare ever happens. Yeah. And one thing to know too is, is laying in bed. If you're laying in bed and you're relaxed, you're getting you, almost yeah. the same benefits of sleep, right. especially cognitively. Right. Okay. You know? So um, if you can like, if you're having trouble sleeping, just lay back. Don't freak out about it. Just relax and know that laying in bed is going to give you some benefit too. Yep. And you will fall asleep. If, like, yeah. If you lay in bed and you're safe and it's, you know, you have, you're warm enough. Like as long as you're not like outside on a rock in a lightning storm, you're going to fall asleep eventually. Yeah. So don't, you know, don't, don't stress, stress about, out it. about it. Yeah. And you know what? Even if you do have a bad night's sleep, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 One but, bad workout's not going to kill you. One bad night of sleep isn't going to kill you. A year of bad workouts is going to hurt you. A year of bad sleep is going to hurt you, right? Yeah. Okay. Don't stress um, out. Yeah. Sleep is something you can't force on yourself. You just no. kind of have to let it happen. Right. Um, so, again, easier said than done, but it'll eventually happen. So that's number two. Number three, you hear a lot about, um, and this this one could be huge. We could talk about eat a lot of this for oh, a yeah. long time, but you've heard a lot about it. And that's just sleep hygiene. 
Okay. When you say sleep hygiene, what do you mean? So what I mean... Make sure you wash your hands before you go to bed? Sure, why not? Brush your teeth. <laughs> right. Um, deodorant's optional. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. Not. But so the first one is just darkness. Like Yes. When when it's dark, that's what signals the release of melatonin. Yes. Um, and light disrupts sleep. Right. So you want your room to be just as dark as dark can be. Like yep. cover up all your LED chargers and... Yep. Um, you know, if make sure your blinds are like completely blacking things out. Yep. Um, the darker you can get it, the better and deeper your sleep will be. So I say most of us live in places where there's enough light pollution that like, I don't think your blind should be open when you're going to bed. No. You know, like. No, in fact, I bought one of those 3D, the contoured sleep masks. I don't know if you've heard Oh, of you were telling me that, yeah. It was, it's awesome. Game changer, huh? Oh my goodness, it helps me fall asleep. Because like the old sleep masks, like, just cover your face and you're like when you blink your eyelashes scratching the yeah yeah and they're just really sweaty and uncomfortable the contoured ones um i almost look like zorro when i wear it oh sweet not zorro but wait what an an incredible i look like an incredible Uh, they have eye holes cut out which kind of defeats the purpose right like like a blind incredible we said kinda okay (laughs) there we go um but they're kind of they poke out over your eyes so you can like blink and you can they're super comfortable just pitch black and like yeah hmm. it's how much uh, does cost i'm uh, 20 bucks on amazon that sounds like it's probably worth your money yeah okay so that's the first one quiet um mm. i actually because my wife goes to bed at like one or two and i go to bed at like nine or ten right i always go to sleep with earplugs in yep or if if your spouse is waking up before you you know and you mm-hmm. want to make sure you get the full night's sleep like, you, you know that'd be your and earplugs are i actually sleep you know i actually sleep with my apple airpods with Do noise, you really? noise canceling, yeah. Oh. And my goodness, it helps me. Like, I can sleep through anything. Does that not make your ears sore? It, it took getting used to. Interesting. Oh, okay. The next one is just keeping your room clean and comfortable, you know, changing right. your sheets occasionally. and Right, yeah. You know. If it smells awful, it, you know do something about it. Yeah, your bed shouldn't be something for storing clothes. It should be... Right the purpose of your bed. I'd sleeping. imagine your body doesn't want to let you sleep if it feels like your environment's not safe because like sleep is a really vulnerable state to be in. You know, if you fall asleep in the middle of a field, a lion's going to eat you, right? Um, I'd imagine there's some tiny version of that going on if you feel even subconsciously that you're in like an unsafe, bad environment, you know, yeah. make sure that is a good clean yeah. area. I mean, keeping your room clean and your bed clean and you, it helps you sleep. This is it's, something I had to basically get married to find out, but guys, you do have to wash sheets. That's a thing you have to wash. I, you know, I'm, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to step up to the bat and I, I'm, I didn't wash sheets in high school. That's a, not a thing you should do. All the girls listening to this are like, wait, duh. And then a guy, a bunch of guys are like, oh, wait, you have to wash sheets. So yeah. yeah. You, you know, and here's where I, I'd throw out that, you know what, try and find mattresses and pillows and yeah. sheets and what pajamas or whatever yep. that are comfortable and work for you. Yeah. You know, you, as you get older, I've noticed this more too. Yeah. Like, there's not necessarily a correlation of the more thousands of dollars you spend on a mattress, the better you're going to sleep. No. But, but. You, you do need to have one that's comfortable for you, and yep. it's very individual. And sometimes yep. it's kind of like a bike saddle. Yeah. What works for one person isn't going to work for another. But, yeah, find pillows, sheets, mattresses, and so forth that are comfortable and work right. for you. You know? Right, right, so, right. Um, and so, again, on sleep hygiene, and another part is, is keeping your room cool. Um, oh, I'm I'm such a big believer in this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, they recommend 65 degrees, and 
Which isn't always possible because it's like in most houses, you know, some rooms are kind of hotter than others. Upstairs is always hotter than downstairs. 65 is pretty cool. It's pretty hard to get a room that cool. Like in the summer, it's always hard for me to sleep. Like if it's 80 degrees in your room, you're not getting much good sleep. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really hard to fall asleep. Especially if you're one of those people that feels like you need to have a blanket on to sleep. You know, like... um, yeah, have a cold room. Have a cold room and then blankets. But yeah, I'd say. Now, one thing, probably one of the best purchases I've ever made in my life. Ah, uh, I'm. I Dan won't shut up about this. I won't shut up about this because it was because I've I've always had I've always been a really light sleeper. Yeah. And I've struggled sleeping a lot of times, and and I'm the type that if it gets like too warm in my house, I can't sleep at all. Oh which, yeah. I can, but you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah, right. I, I really struggle sleeping yeah. when it's hot during the summer. And I bought a chili pad. Yeah. And it's been life changing. Yeah. And it wasn't cheap. It was like five or six hundred bucks. I can't For remember. For the folks who aren't familiar, it's like a pad that goes up. Do you, it goes under the sheet, I guess. Yeah. I put it under my my fitted like sheet. Like fitted sheet, like right on top of the mattress. And it has like some tubes going down that go to like this box. And I fill right. the box with distilled water. Right. And it can either heat up or cool down the water depending what temperature I set it at. Right. And, um, you know, and they, they have ones that are like dual zone if you got like a double bed. But mine's just a single one. Right. And it, you know, and water's interesting. And so it's basically pumping water through this pad that I sleep on. Right. And water is, you know, is a really good heat sink. It just like. Right. It's, it's, it's resistant to temperature change. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times like, when you're laying on the bed the bed underneath you just starts getting really, really hot. Your body is hot. Like that, like you brought, what is it? 98.6. Like if you touch something that's 98 degrees, like, wow, that's really warm. You know, like if you got in a hot tub, like that's night, like hot tubs around 98 degrees, right? Maybe a little higher, but yeah, yeah, like you heat up a bed really, really fast. Right. Yeah. And now the water just kind of soaks up that heat and takes it away. I imagine there's like some kind of air conditioning unit or something or refrigeration that's going on that, you know, and it can get it pretty comfortably cold like it's, interesting yeah and it stays cold i guess is the point right yeah just a game changer for me yeah because the only thing i like about winter is i sleep better <laughs> yeah and this is i use it all i even use it in the winter you know interesting it'll okay. i'll heat it up i'll heat my bed uh, up with okay. it and then, but then i'll get in and when when i sleep for a while it starts actually cooling it and hmm. um but yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a product I just could not live without. Five or six hundred bucks is probably worth it. Right? Yeah, probably one of the best five or six hundred bucks I've ever spent. So, Got it. Okay. Um, We're in the pocket of big chili pad here. Yeah. We don't have a code and, for you guys to use. Sorry. <laughs> and then uh, the last thing on sleep hygiene is your bed, especially at your age, is for one purpose only, and that is sleeping. It's not a place to play on your phones. It's uh, not a place to do homework. Your bed is only for sleeping. Yeah. It's a sacred place. Don't defile yeah. it with TikTok, right? Yeah. Don't do Don't it. be laying on bed in your phone. I get it. Yeah. I'm the biggest offender there. Yeah. yeah. Your, your bed is for sleeping. Right. So that's number three. Number four, let's just talk about naps real quick. Uh, Are naps good or bad? Uh, I don't know. Like there's such, I don't know. It depends. I think if you're chronically having to nap three hours a day, that probably means something's off. If you occasionally need a nap here and there, that's yeah. probably fine. We could talk a lot about naps, but... I would say, for the most part, naps can be okay. Sure. Yeah. But I, I do think that if you're getting enough deep sleep, you probably don't need them. 
Yeah. If you feel like you need naps all the time, that's probably a bad sign. Yeah. Right? If you feel like you're sleepy all the time, you've you probably could improve the quality or duration of your sleep. On so, the flip side, if you have a 9 a.m. race, get home for the race, eat a snack, feel sleepy after, that's probably fine, right? Yeah. Sure. So the thing with naps is keep them short. Okay. Like you really shouldn't enter into deep sleep when you take a nap or, you know, they, they can kind of compare it to like, having a snack before your meal you're going to kind of oh, okay. ruin your appetite that's kind okay. of what can happen. like if you enter into deep sleep with a nap it it really yeah. can kind of messes with your body there. jeopardize your you're giving your body mixed signals yeah you're jeopardizing yeah. your your deep sleep the next night okay um and also naps should be earlier in the day mm. like before noon kind of like how your last coffee should be before noon ideally right like don't yeah. be doing naps at three no Andrew, who has who doesn't listen to this, so I feel safe talking about him. Okay, you know he used to really sabotage his sleep because yeah. he was. You know, I he think was, Andrew is actually asleep on the couch upstairs. I think I passed him on my way down to record okay. this. So, like he used to come home from school and would take an hour and a half or two hour nap, and then he would at, at nighttime he couldn't fall asleep. So he'd be right. like really, really late, then wake up early for school. Right. And then come home from school and take this nap. Right. And it well, cause was, you feel like you need it. It's oh, not yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you're like, there's some time where I've been desperate for a nap, you know? So yeah, naps, you probably don't need them. If you do occasionally take them, keep them short and earlier in the day. So right. that's all I say about naps. But, Fair enough. Um, screen and, and one thing to do like if you're falling asleep in school or in church mm. or or you're yawning all the time that probably means you're you need more sleep yeah so or you just have really boring teachers one or the other <laughs> so number five is screens mm. oh uh, this yeah, is the one so, no one wants to talk about yeah. i'm the worst offender here Whenever so I hear people talking about me, no, that's because I, I don't that's know. A for lot other of, people, a lot of screen fear mongering, I think is stupid. I think a lot of time it's like I just roll my, but like this is one where it is warranted, you know. Like, yeah. So, a couple of things about screens is one, you know, you always hear a lot about blue light, whatever. Yeah. Basically, what blue light does is it stops the pineal gland in your head from releasing melatonin. And sure. it makes it take like an average of like 20 to 30, like about 20 minutes longer to fall asleep with, mm. with blue light. It's quite a bit. Which, that's a lot actually, yeah. because like sleeping medication on average only helps you fall asleep a few minutes faster. Yeah. You know, so it's doing something that makes, takes an extra 20 minutes to fall asleep is actually kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, also, you know how we talked about how like there's kind of forces that cause us to be sleepy and there's also forces that kind of cause us to be aroused. And, you know, our circadian rhythm kind of regulates that. Um, phones really kind of mess with that. Like, yeah. like a lot of times, like when we look at our phones, we get a dopamine hit. Dopamine's one of the main, the main chemicals that can cause arousal and alertness. Right. And if you're like, you know, if you're looking at Instagram, getting a dopamine hit right before you go to bed, mm, yeah, that's not going to help you sleep. Yeah. It's one of the things where like for 99.5% of human existence, other than fire, artificial light hasn't even really been a thing. Like your brain's not adapted to deal with like a lot of bright light right before you're trying to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe they will be in a million years, but <laughs> for now, so no go. also with, you know, 
with the two opposing forces that keep us awake versus asleep. Um, and we talked about like the main cause of insomnia is anxiety, right? Right. You know, a lot of times, like for people that are involved with like businesses or clients or whatever, yeah, looking at your phone can cause anxiety. Oh yeah, um, which can prevent sleep. So sure. there's there's really a whole lot of good reasons not to really look at your phone close to bedtime, um, especially in your bed. Yeah. Well, because it's so easy, like, I'll do, like, some TikTok before bed, and that, that's, like, half an hour. I'll easy spend half an hour, 45 minutes scrolling through TikTok mm-hmm. in bed. And just think what an extra 45 minutes of deep sleep would How do. How good to... you'd feel the next day, I know. Like, it's, yeah. And it's amazing that, like, we, I don't know, it's this weird bargain we all make all the time that just has awful terms. And mm-hmm. if you actually said it out loud, you'd be like, whoa, I'm really trading this for that, but we do it. Yeah, it's that revenge bedtime procrastination yeah. thing there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the bed is for sleeping. Yes. Okay. So number six is just some things to avoid. <clears throat> Obviously, caffeine. It, you know, as we talked before, that caffeine inhibits our adenosine receptors. So, yep. you know, we don't we can't accumulate those. Yep. That what makes us sleepy basically. So, you know, decaf only af- after lunch. After lunch, no more caffeine. Um, hopefully. None of the kids listening to this have a problem with alcohol, but <laughs> any of you fourteen-year-olds are alcoholics. Um, um, al- just so that you get better sleep, let's work on that. Yeah, alcohol is probably one of the biggest things you can do to sabotage your sleep because it yep. basically produces artificial sleep. Which yeah, with it's like you're sleeping without the benefits. Yep, not a, it's like a, alcohol party culture is not compatible with with, uh, with, with athletics. athleticism. Nope. Yeah. So sorry. Um, so if you're thinking about starting, it's not going to be good for your yeah. FTP. But nope. um, eating and exercising, you know, both good things. Yes. Uh, but you got to time them right. Okay. Um, a, a lot of times eating before bed is going to, well, what, what it really does is it actually raises your internal body temperature, which. Oh, interesting. Kinda, yeah. Kind of okay. prevents you from sleeping. Exercise does the same thing. So. We are going after all of my tiny pleasures here. My <laughs> bedtime TikTok time, my bedtime snack, you know. I, I will say, like, in college, I did a ton of night riding where I would finish a ride at 11 p.m., have a snack, and then go to bed. Granted, I was tired enough to fall asleep, so. But, yeah, this is this is rough. I'm not yeah. I'm not loving. You're, you're giving me news I don't want here. But I believe you. Yeah. So, you know, just try to avoid eating and, eating and exercise a couple hours before you go to bed. Okay. You know. Don't go to bed hungry, hmm. you know, that that's not going to help okay. you sleep either. But, um, you know, one one thing to throw out, and this is kind of a side note, is um, high fiber diets are actually really, really good at improving deep sleep. Really? I guess you can't get so, deep sleep if you're constipated. Is that the theory? <laughs> like... So, yeah, you know, it's just another reason to eat vegetables, you know, like we like. Right. I know that high fiber and good sleeper are both important. Connecting them is not intuitive in my mind. Yeah, huh. I know. But I thought okay. that was really interesting. Fiber's like, magic, man. The more I read about the nutrition oh, stuff, fiber fibers. Is, yeah. We're like, all sleeping on fiber, man. If you guys don't like beans, learn to like beans. Oh, dude, I love beans. Like I will, I will eat as a snack and it's ridiculously cheap too. I will just eat a can of black beans. Oh, and I, I know that sounds unhinged, but okay. like it does. Or you know what? Oh, I've, been eating, I've been eating like a can of beans and pouring salsa on it okay, for yes. breakfast. In the- I, I think I should, did I show you this trick? I might've showed you this trick. I don't remember, but buy a can of black beans and then buy like the big jug of hatch green chili. I do that exact same yes. thing. Yes. Microwave your black beans in the bowl, mash them up with some of that hatch green chili. That's too much work. 
either way, dude, it's that it's really good. I did that. It's so good. That's Insanely like, cheap and nutritious. Wow, and we like must be really related because I do the exact same thing. I know, right? Wow, this 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 podcast. Eat beans and go to sleep hungry. <laughs> like, no, no phones. <laughs> like do intervals and eat beans. <laughs> All right, so anyhow, that was a kind of... Really, really not telling people what they want to hear here. So number seven, temperature. Ah, uh, yes. Already talked about this a bit. Yeah, um, it deserves its own number. But So our circadian rhythm, when it's time to go to go to sleep, one of the things that will, will trigger sleepiness is our body will drop its core temperature a couple of degrees. Yep. Um, and an interesting hack to help promote that which is kind of counterintuitive so so bear, bear, bear with, with here. me yeah is taking like a hot bath or hot baths are probably better but you could also maybe try a hot shower or a sauna and you're kind of thinking well how would that that's lower? heating you up that's heat you you would think but what it's actually doing it's drawing that that temperature from your core to your your skin to cool the skin oh interesting and after you get out, you're actually going to cool down faster. And there's there's some that even say that like you know there's there's a human growth hormone benefit that can be achieved in in hot saunas and hot tubs and so forth. Interesting. Which also helps sleep. So hmm. heating yourself up before cooling yourself down to go to bed can actually help you sleep a lot deeper and better. And Very faster. interesting. And again, so, the temperature thing makes sense because out on the savanna, it's hot during the day. The sun goes down, it gets dark. The temperature goes down when the sun goes down. Like this all makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All so right. that's a really cool. So yeah. So try taking a hot bath. Finally, know. some good news. Jeez. Like that's the one. I, I like hot showers. I'll yeah. give you that. Okay. A hot bath an hour before you go to bed or something. Cool. So, and then, but then your body needs to cool down. And when it cools down, that'll trigger sleepiness. Okay. Eight's going to be a quick one because none of us struggle here, but exercise is really good for sleep Uh, and sleep is good for exercise. Yeah. It's one of those. Sleep is good for exercise is the whole point of the past two episodes of this podcast, huh? Yeah. You know, so if you exercise, you're going to sleep better. If you sleep better, you're Uh, going to exercise. So if you're sedentary and you go to a sleep specialist, they're going to say, get some exercise. Okay. So everyone listening to this podcast is probably exercising. Just know that that's helping. You better be if you're like, why else would you be listening to this? Oh my (laughs) gosh. How bad is your life if you're listening to this and not riding bikes? Okay. (laughs) Um, so, but it is kind of an interesting cycle, you know? Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, nine is a bedtime routine. Oh yeah. Routine's good for everything. Yeah. You gotta have routines. You know, and we talked about, we've talked a lot about circadian rhythm and how certain things kind of keep that in check. A bedtime routine can be like that. And one, you know, I could talk a lot about this, but one thing, you know, as it starts getting later and later, start reducing the amount of light in your house. Like, you know, keeping your rooms darker as you're getting closer and closer to bed. Okay. Um, Obviously putting screens away. Yep. And here's a crazy one. Something that I don't do and I might not do actually. Okay. Is reading an actual physical book before you go to bed. Oh, this is such, this is turning into a real okay boomer episode. (laughs) This is... Gosh, eat beans and read a book and go to bed. <laughs> Stop partying and drinking and having fun. <laughs> go to bed at night and read a book. <laughs> read and lay in bed reading Jane Eyre with a stomach full of black beans. Looking forward to tomorrow's intervals. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a tough sell, man. 
<laughs> maybe I don't like riding bikes. <laughs> maybe I'll just maybe I'll just party and die overweight at fifty two. Okay, I don't know, man. Sleep at me and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just choke in my sleep. <laughs> at least I had a good time. <laughs> Should we cut this? I'm sorry. Okay. So, finish your yeah. list. Last one. No. Okay. No, I, I just wanted I had to pause there for a second because the last one is by far for the group listening. Okay. For the group listening is by far I think the most important and beneficial. Okay. And would make the biggest difference. Okay. Okay. And that's gonna be your sleep schedule. Okay. okay. All right. So a consistent bedtime drastically improves your deep sleep. Yes. You always tend to get your deep sleep at the earlier parts of the night. Okay. And then you tend to get the more REM sleep after that. So as an athlete, that part of the night is just crucial, 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 crucial. Yes. Okay. Now, which do you think is more important, like when you go to bed or when you wake up? I mean, when you wake up is kind of a function of when you go to bed, isn't it? But maybe not, though, because I feel like I always kind of wake up around 7, regardless of when I go to bed, but then it's whether or not I feel like I need to go back to sleep after that. I'd say when you go to bed is probably more important. And that's what I used to think. Going to bed early is, is super important, but what actually drives that is is waking up at a consistent time. Okay. And so here's a rule, okay? This is going to okay. be another fun rule. Okay. I'm looking forward to is it. No matter what, you need to wake up at a consistent time every, really? every single day of the week. I feel like I do this. Like I went to bed really, really late, but I f- kind of woke up at seven anyway. And you know, whether or not I feel like I need to go after, you know, I'll go take a leak and then feel like maybe I need to go back to sleep if I got to bed too late. But this is, I, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. Huh. I mean, occasionally you might have to stay up a little later. That's not good, but, but yeah, no matter happens. what, unless it's really extenuating circumstances, extenuating. <laughs> Circumstances. I'll give you an inch, Dad. <laughs> Tell us more about the extenuating circumstances when it's okay. I always try to combine. If like, you stay up too late, you might start mispronouncing words. <laughs> Careful, guys. I was trying to combine two words at the same. Time. Which ones? <laughs> Wait, which words? I think you just mispronounced it, Dan. Don't don't dress this up. I, I think. Okay. So what the? Never mind. But so so basically. Sometimes you might have to stay up a little later, right? But still, no matter how late you had to stay up, still try to wake up at a consistent time. Really, every single morning, because Even if that means really, you're getting you're not getting your eight hours. Yeah, and and that's why I say that 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 should be rare. Huh. Okay. You know that. Um, you know, and, and occasionally, well, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, because really, a consistent waking time is going to drive a consistent bedtime. Oh, uh, okay. You know, that because, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because you're gonna like if you wake up at a consistent time, when it's time to go to bed, you're gonna be really sleepy. You're gonna you're gonna sleep well. You're gonna fall asleep quickly. Right. In fact, one of the um, one of the ways that they they treat insomnia, I thought was really really interesting, and it's it's called sleep restriction. Mm. And what they do with these insomnia patients is they will make them no matter what wake up at six a.m. every morning, mm. and they will not let them take naps all day long. And that'll force you to be... And and, oh. and they only let them get four hours of sleep. Like, Really? Yeah, like they'll have them stay up until like, what, 2 a.m. or oh, something? Oh, that's got to be a rough job, man. Okay. <laughs> and so they'll force them to stay up that long. And then 
you know, at 2 a.m. when they finally let them go to bed, they'll fall asleep instantly and sleep right. soundly until 6 a.m. Right. And then they'll wake them up at 6 a.m. And then gradually what they'll start doing is letting them go to bed earlier and earlier and earlier. earlier, Keeping the six. Yeah, keeping the wake up time the same. Interesting. So, so yeah, so like like Saturdays and Sundays, um, you know, if you wake up at 6 every morning, wake up at 6 on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm. You know, occasionally you might need a nap to kind of pay back a sleep debt. Um, but it's better to do that in the form of a nap than sleeping yeah, and, in. You know, and like if it's just an occasional thing that like sure. you occasionally have to stay up late, then, you know, that, that one morning you could probably sleep in to pay back a sleep debt. Uh, but you shouldn't have to pay back a sleep debt every single weekend. Right. Or every, you know. Right. So I think out of all the sleep tips we've given, I would say the most important thing that you walk away and remember is to try to wake up at a consistent time every single morning. And this is going to drive you to go to bed at a consistent time at night. You're going to get better sleep. Stop sleeping in and read books and eat beans. It's just <laughs> every single one of these dance sucks, other than the hot shower one. <laughs> that one's okay. I just want you to say, don't take a really cold shower until it hurts and then oh, think about how sad you are. Yeah, I don't okay. believe in cold showers. Like that's... We reject we reject any science that exists on the benefits of cold showers. No, this is a hot shower cult yeah, we're... we're in here. Yeah, okay. That You know what, though? That, I think that's good because I think, like, practically speaking, it's like I, I need lists of stuff like this to be like, you should do this. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. You know? Um, but, yeah. And honestly, like, if, one of these, if, if you start doing any of these, it's going to help. You're never going to nail all 10, but like, you know, if you start implementing like one of three these, or four of them, like one oh, or yeah. two or three, I mean, everyone, I really want them to implement the, the consistent wake up time. Yeah. But I like think, start doing that and then you'll feel the benefits eventually. And then you'll want to implement these others because you know, you like how you feel, right? You realize that, man, all this deep sleep is making me faster and making right. me recover from my workouts quicker. And right, right, right. Yeah. You know, it's okay. You know, I, I just know so many kids at this age that kind of neglect their sleep. Oh, they kind of yeah. just, they're just doing, you know, they're staying up late on their phones. They're yep. taking naps. They're, yep. you know, and it's it's not helping you out, um, you know. And, and I think in the short term, you'll notice some like, de- I mean, in the short term, you'll, you're noti- you'll notice huge performance gains. Um, in the long term, you'll live a healthier, better life. And, yeah, which know, is really what we should probably care about more. Yeah, probably. I kind of yeah, like the performance. High school thing. is everything. How you do in NICA really defines the rest of your life. You know, so. <laughs> You're starting to sound like Miles Baker. I don't, I'm also holding the microphone like a wine glass. I don't know why I'm doing that. That's such a snobby <laughs> yeah, thing. We're, we're not supposed to drink before we go to bed. Yeah, or before you do a podcast. But <laughs> um, but yeah, start start throwing a few of these out here. Um, is there a, a secret word we could do based on this list here? Um, I know. Okay. A book. A book. Okay. And it's not book. It's a book. And book. No, let's say beans. Beans. Okay. You could do you could do a book or beans. You you choose. And we'll, <laughs> we'll vote. And whichever gets more votes, the next episode will be called it, regardless of what the topic is. So we talk about VO2 intervals, and it'll be called beans. <laughs> VO2 intervals. That's not a thing. Anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> VO2 intervals are actually technically a thing. Anyway. Um, send us one or both of those uh, secret words. Get to bed on time tonight. Wake up on time tomorrow morning. And we will talk to you in a week. Okay. Sleep well.